Well, I do want to just, again, welcome you to Heelside. If it is your first time, second time, third time, we want to welcome you and put our hands together and celebrate you. If you happen to make it today and have not uh, yet received a first-time guest bag, please be sure to stop by. Along with a first-time guest bag, all of us get to grab a cupcake on the way out today, all right? To just celebrate this season and uh, the 4th of July week that is ahead. Well, today I am excited to welcome three of our young communicators today to share from God's Word, and I believe a word of life, a word of hope, a word of strength for you. And all of them um, have been meeting with me, and I've been coaching them, leading them through. But as I prepare to welcome our first communicator, I want to let them know, and I also want to let you know where we stand as God's children. I believe we stand right now in the affection of a good Heavenly Father. In fact, my favorite portion, one of my favorites, you know, I'm a pastor, I got tons, but one of my favorite portions of scripture is before Jesus does one miracle, before he says one sermon, before he casts out, at least that we know recorded, any demons, all of which he would do, incredible signs and wonders followed him, incredible authority he taught. He sat and lived in the affection of God at his baptisms. God the Father said, Here is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And know this morning that God says that over you. And I know that he says that over our young communicators as well. So, please do me a favor in welcoming, first and foremost, Miss Becca Roll. All right. Good morning. Um, my name is Rebecca Roll, and I have been here at Hillside for about two years. And as soon as I walked in and I saw Jeremiah 29:11, I knew that this was the place that I belong. That was my life verse. So today, I'm going to be sharing a message with you about graduated gratitude. Raise your right hand if you've been to a graduation before. Okay, now raise your left hand if you are grateful. Okay, you guys didn't know you were getting a workout today, did you? So I'm going to be talking about graduated gratitude. Um, and in order for us to graduate from this attitude of gratitude to a grateful heart, even though our circumstances don't look like it um, or may not seem like something to celebrate, we have to realize that our attitudes flow from our hearts, right? So it's important to check the posture of our hearts. Is it in content or is it in need? So before a graduation can take place, we first have to learn the basics. And if you're wondering about this blue chair, this blue chair represents the kiddie table. In the kiddie table, we've all been here, or maybe some of us are here right now, this is where Moses and many of our other um, teachers teach us the basics. This is a table of provision where we learn that God loves us, where we learn to be grateful for what he's done for us, right? This is where we learn to be obedient because of what God has done for us. 
But when we have an attitude of gratitude, you think about it, those are basic table manners, right? Like we learned that here at the kitty table. But we want to graduate. We don't want to stay here at the kitty table forever. I don't know about you, but not me. So how do we get from here to the next place? I'm convinced that we have to pick up our mat from here, taking it with us. And this is the banquet table. The banquet table. This is where we learn to graduate. I'm convinced we have to decide to pick up our mat from that kiddie table with the basics we've learned and walk. And we have to take our seat here at the banquet table. This is a place of mature gratitude. It's a decision. It's a faith decision. And guess who our teacher is here? David. Jesus is a good one. Jesus did tell us to pick up our mat and walk, right? So we got to be obedient and get over here. But David teaches us um, this place of mature gratitude where we can celebrate God in the even though, okay? David had this amazing ability to remember where God had brought him from. And he was so grateful, even though his life was dysfunctional, even though sometimes he really didn't believe that he could do the things that he was called to do. Have you been there? Right? We all have. So David was driven by this beautiful sense of returning to God who had blessed him. That was his motivator. He wanted to return it to God. The scripture we're going to talk about today is Psalm 23, one many of us know. We're going to look at 1 through 5. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Remember when I asked you if your heart was in content or if it was content or in need? Do you really believe that you lack nothing? Like literally no thing? This is one of the many, many tests that we have to take to graduate. Verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's key. And then verse 4 says something very important. David courageously says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So just five short years ago, I was in rehab for the fifth time. I was very independent. And I was recovering from alcoholism. And it was in that time that God sat me down at this kiddie table yet again. And I learned that he was my shepherd. I finally surrendered. That was the key, y'all. I I, I had to surrender. And I finally decided that I was going to be courageous and I was going to let God lead me beside still waters. And that's what he did. And that day that I left that rehab, well, let me back up. Very shortly before I left, God delivered me um, from my alcoholism. He, um, He answered my prayer. And at the time, I didn't even, I don't think I really even knew who David was in the Bible. But I prayed this desperate prayer one night in my bunk bed. And to paint the picture quickly, I could not walk on my own. I could not complete full sentences. They thought I was going to be wet brain or brain dead. And I prayed there, and I said, God, 
would you please deliver me? And I prayed this desperate Psalm 143 prayer, and he granted my prayer in that moment. I felt it leave my body. And so I made that decision that day. I got up from the kitty table for the last time, and I took my mat, and I could relate to David. I had made this fierce faith decision. I am putting God number one in my life. I'm taking the focus off of me and putting it onto he who has blessed me, he who has given me everything. And so that day I graduated to the banquet table. Yes. Even though my life was in shambles, I graduated. Are you ready to graduate even though? Maybe you've already graduated, but you need that reminder that even though you don't have something that you want or you need. So all was well in my heart. I made that decision because of what God did. Even though I had no money, even though I had no job, I trusted he would provide. Even though I was single, that was a blessing. He needed me to be alone with him. Even though I was still in physical pain and mental pain, even though I literally had no idea what my future looked like. You see... Verse 5 tells us, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So even though gratitude, it teaches us to celebrate God for what he has done in the presence of our enemies. No matter what your even though is, because we all have them, right? Um, It could be a setback. It could be an insecurity or a fear or a recent loss or you name it, confusion, whatever it is. I want you to know this today. If you're not here yet, you can be by making that decision that you're going to be like David. You're going to be courageous and you're going to trust what God says because that's his word. So taking the seat requires us to posture our hearts like David, to trust God and to know that he has already prepared a table before us. And I really love that, that he's already done it and he's done it before us. That means he walked before us. He's already set the table. It's just, are we going to believe him for that in the even though? So I'll be honest, I forget this truth sometime. We all do, right? Stuff gets in the way. There is nothing wrong with revisiting where you came from at that kiddie table to to pray and thank God for the basic provisions. And guess what that does? Y'all, it elevates our faith. It elevates us back to a place of worship so that we can strengthen ourselves, that we can get up and we can return to the banquet table to feast on the things that God has prepared for us. He'll do it for you. He promises to. So once our hearts are postured to trust in the even though, like David, we can truly relax into Papa God's arms and wait for what he has in store for us. His plans are good. Take your seat at the banquet table. Now, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time to graduate. There's even cupcakes at the end. That was not planned. Thank you. Good morning. morning. So for those of you who don't know me, 
my name is Matt Lee. Uh, I've been here at Hillside for a little over five years now, um, and today I want to share with you uh, about God's goodness, and more specifically, God's goodness in times that you can't always see it. Things like God, uh, you know, not having the same timing as you or closing doors that you thought should be opened. And uh, I want to focus on a scripture that we all know, uh, and that's Jeremiah 29, 11. And uh, for those of you who might not know it, that's okay. Uh, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I love this verse myself, uh, and like I said, I know a lot of you do as well. Um, this verse specifically, though, I hold very dearly to me. Uh, when my daughter was born, you know, you get the daily verses that'll pop up on your phone, and that's the one that popped up um, that morning. And ever since then, I have uh, took that as a sign that that God has big plans for my daughter. So whenever I'm, I'm praying over her, I always make sure to mention that and say, you know, God's got big plans for you. I know he does. So it's, a, it's, it's very special to me as well. Um, but the truth is, God has a plan for, for all of us, everyone here. And I think, uh, I like to think of this verse as, as kind of God's version of, I told you so. Um, <laughs> if he just stopped, like, after the first part anyways. Uh, you know, and I, look, as a parent, and I'm sure other parents out there, are, you're guilty of the same thing, of that famous, I told you so line. That's why you got to do it, because I told you so. And uh, I'll just, I'm happy that God doesn't do that. Could you imagine if that's, you know, God, how come I didn't get this job? How come this is happening? And God's like, well, I know the plans I have for you. So just keep going, you know. But luckily, he's a good father, and he gives us more than just an I told you so. And there's plenty of examples of God showing love for his people by not going by their timing or shutting doors in their faces. Joseph comes to mind. Joseph had all the reasons to question God and why he was going through these different things. Joseph went through quite a lot. And he didn't understand why it was happening, but he knew to trust God. He knew God had a plan, and he stayed on the path that God had put him on. And there's many examples of this in the Bible. Moses, Daniel, Job, they're all ones that you can look at and see that they had timing not right or doors shut in their face. And the truth is we don't know exactly why God has shut a door in our life or doesn't allow something to happen in our time. It can be a number of things. What's important is keeping focus on trusting the Lord, trust that he is a good God, and if that door is shut, if the timing is wrong, he has a good reason for it. Trust that there is hope for a better tomorrow. Romans 8.18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. If you keep on the right path, it will not go unnoticed by God. I can recall a time in my life when I had to do this. It was spring 2020, otherwise known as the beginning of the pandemic here in the U.S., I had just been laid off from my job uh, due to COVID. I believe it was a Tuesday. And I felt like the door was slammed in my face, as you would. That closed door could have really broke me, but I heard God telling me, don't worry. What I have next for you is amazing. 
And I made the choice to cling to that, to really hold on to that. Of course, I thought what he meant was another job. And I'm thinking, ooh, God's going to hook me up with 100 k a year. I'm going to work from home. The company car's a Ferrari. I'm like, okay, God, I'm, yes, goodbye, old job. Uh, yeah, it, you'll find out it wasn't. But uh, <laughs> So in the meantime, though, my wife and I decided that since she's a teacher and she would be out for the summer, that we would spend the rest of the spring and summer together, and then I would look for a job later. We took it as an opportunity and as a blessing. Friday, two days later, my wife told me she was pregnant. Big week in the Lee household. So... Immediately after that initial reaction of, of being happy, and I was, was truly happy, but after that first, you know, wave of happiness, everything else, you know, came into my mind of just being stressed about money and the what-ifs and this and that, and um, I began to get angry with God, and I said, you know, why would you do this right now? I just lost my job. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me, but even though everything that we had planned for that perfect summer together got flipped upside down and the plan we had laid out to start trying to find a job at the end of the summer and then trying to start a family around fall, um, it, it, it was kind of ruined in my, in my eyes. That's, that's the way I looked at it, that it was just all, all ruined. But God, of course, had other plans. What I came to find was it ended up being one of the best times of our lives. And we still think of that time fondly. The growing we did as a couple and being able to be there for her in that early pregnancy was so special. And something that if we waited until I had a job again, I, I would have messed out on. When it was time to find a job, I kept thinking about what I had heard God say to me, though. But none of the jobs that I uh, was looking for, that I applied for, was 100 k a year, believe it or not. <laughs> So uh, eventually I did find a job, and uh, it wasn't the job that I thought it would be at all. Uh, in fact, it was very far from what I thought it would be. And I would ask God if he remembered, uh, do you remember when you said that this next thing was going to be amazing? Like, did you maybe forget about that? Um, uh, he, uh, he's good. But... What I come to realize, though, is that job that I did have was not what he was talking about. What he was talking about was me becoming a dad. And that next journey, that next job as dad, was going to be more amazing than any other job that I would ever have or ever want. And I believe because when I first was laid off and decided that I would trust whatever plan he had, he blessed us with our little girl. Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Just because God shut some things down and closed some doors in my life didn't mean he was doing it to be mean or that he had left me. He had to do so so new things could start to form. My willingness to trust God, finding new strength in my faith, growing as a leader of my family, and then growing my wife and I's bond, and then growth in myself and finding out more about who I am and who I want to be. And since becoming a dad, 
when doors are closed or when things aren't going according to my timing, I can see things in a little bit of a new light. Parents, how many times have you not allowed your kids to do something because you know it's not good for them? I'm sure a ton of times. A lot of good parents out there, I'm sure. I have to do this all the time with our toddler. We have a baby gate that separates the kitchen from the living room, and sometimes when her mom or, or myself is cooking or doing something, we will close it with her on the other side. Quite literally, closing a door in her face. Not in her face. Hold on. Not in her face. Closing a door on her. And she doesn't like it, as you can imagine. She will cry and scream the whole nine yards. And I'm sure if you've ever been around a toddler, you know that uh, trying to reason with her is it doesn't go over well. She does not see to reason. But I can't give in because I know what all dangers there could be in that kitchen while we're cooking. Even if she doesn't understand, I've still got to do it. And it seems harsh to her, but it's because I love her. And I wish I could always give her everything she wanted. Hello? Is this one better? Okay. That's always the mics. The mics always get me. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but I know as the parent that sometimes, you know, being denied something is, is for her own good. And that's the same thing God does with us. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And like you do with your kids or parents did or your parents did to you, he is constantly looking out for you, making sure we are safe and protecting us. Trying to give us the tools to succeed and be on the path he intends us to be on. And he is always going to be two steps ahead of you, always ready to shut doors or change the timing of circumstances to make sure we're following his plan. We need to trust God that he knows what he's doing. And remember, he doesn't just close doors. Revelations 3.8 says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. God knows that it is hard sometimes. He knows what you go through, and he knows how you deal with it. And if you keep trusting him, singing him praises, uh, following his word, you will have doors opened. Like Joseph, like Job, like Daniel, you will be rewarded. And it may not be exactly what you thought, but in a lot of cases, like mine, it's something even better. And if God opens that door, no one can shut it. Now that I'm, I'm older and I'm a dad, I'm very thankful for the uh, missed opportunities in my life, the closed doors, uh, the things that I thought were best for me, but luckily God knew better. When a door closes in your life, remember, his plans for you haven't changed. It's the same plans he has always had for you, a plan built out of love for you, a plan for you to prosper, and a plan for you to have a good future. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's so good to see you all here, especially everyone combined in one service. You usually don't 
feel this big, and it's awesome. So, um, yeah, my name is Elena Price, for those of you who may not know me, and I have been at Hillside for about two and a half, three years now, um, and I am just very grateful for the countless opportunities that I've been given to learn and grow here. Um, and just the sheer fact that I get to be one of the three people who have the opportunity to share with you this morning is just such a huge blessing. And so um, thank you, Pastor Paul, for giving us the opportunity and just stewarding, stewarding us well. Um, so today I want to share with you, I've kind of titled this, The Unshakable Hope. I want to talk about the unshakable hope that we have in the Lord. And so the scripture that I will be using is going to be in Acts um, chapter 2, starting in verse 25. And that says, David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. And so as I was, you know, kind of preparing this message, praying like, Lord, what is it I'm supposed to be speaking on today? I feel like Acts kept being placed on my heart because it like clearly lays out some of the many promises the Lord has for us. Um, you know, he promises that he will always be with us. Um, he will not abandon us. He makes known to us the paths of life and, you know, all the different directions that we're going to have to take throughout our journey. Um, he makes it known and he's always going to be there. Um, and in his presence, there is joy. So no matter what situation in life we may be facing or, you know, whatever we may be walking through, um, we can still have joy, joy, sorry, um, because our hope is in the Lord and knowing that it says in Acts, he's going to be with us in every single step of the way. Um, so a little secret about me, I don't know if you know it, I like to be a planner and a fixer, and I like to take control sometimes. Um, and so ultimately by doing that, I'm putting my hope in myself and the outcomes that I want to happen. You know, I'm not putting my hope in the Lord and trusting that what he says is true. Um, and so time and time again, whenever I continue to put my hope in myself and trying to figure out all these different situations and scenarios, I make things 12 times worse than what they need to be. <laughs> and so um, just like one example of this I can think of recently is with work. Um, work wasn't going the way that I expected it to be or needed it to be or, you know, whatever. And so I automatically kind of like jumped in the driver's seat and I'm like, okay. How am I going to fix this? You know, so I was like, okay, I have to do this to get more clients. I have to start this project. I have to write this contract. I have to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is to make it happen and to fill up my schedule. And if I can be honest with you guys, I was miserable, absolutely miserable, because I had no time for myself. I had no time for my friends. I had no time for my family, my people. I didn't have time for the Lord. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was just miserable. And so I kind of got to a place when Becca, she had mentioned the word like choosing to surrender earlier. Um, I chose to surrender that. And I was like, okay, I have to willingly 
let this go. I have to willingly surrender this and be like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I've created another dumpster fire for myself, and I just kind of need you to take control. And I'm putting my hope and my faith and my trust in you because it's like our hope and our faith go hand in hand, right? Um, And so it's like, okay, I'm releasing this situation. I'm just going to put my hope in you. And so um, as soon as I did that, the Lord opened a door for a brand new job opportunity. Um, I wasn't even going to take it. I actually sent the, uh, the information to a different coworker and be like, here you go, you know, because I was like, I'm just going to stay where I know, you know, it was, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, and so he opened the door and it's very evident now that I can sit here and kind of reflect and look back, like it was the Lord's hand all along. Um you can definitely tell that it was a God-ordained thing and not an Elena-organized, ordained situation. And so, like, just the sheer fact that every single day, day in and day out, I get to share about the Lord with my patients and just talk about our faith. And if you know that you've experienced a job where you don't get to do that, moving to a place where you can do that is very nice. (laughs) It's a huge blessing and, like, a weight lifted off your shoulders, you know? Um... So, yeah, it's just being able to sit back and reflect on what actually happens whenever you put your your hope in the Lord. And um, thinking about different stories in the Bible, who here is familiar with the story of Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water? Yeah, okay, kind of, kind of, okay. So it just reminds me, like, what happened whenever Peter took his eyes and his hope off of Jesus? Everything around him, he started sinking. And that's like us whenever we're putting our hope in ourselves and trying to take control over these situations. But as soon as he was like, okay, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, my hope in you and faith in you, everything was fine. So it's just, you know, no matter what's going on around us, it can be crazy, chaotic, stormy, whatever word you want to use to fill in the blank there. As long as we keep our hope on the Lord, we're not going to be shaken. Like it says in Acts, we will not be shaken. Um, and so honestly, like this is just a daily reminder for myself that it has to be an active choice. I have to actively choose every single day to put my hope and my faith, and my trust in him, and not in, you know, all these different circumstances, situations of life, trials, closed doors that we may run into. Um, No matter what, he's going to be with there every single step of the way, and we just have to choose to surrender that daily to him. Um, I don't know what situation that you may be facing, or your family is facing, or whatever season of life that you're currently in, or whatever you may be walking through, um, but I do know this. Proverbs 23:18 says, "There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off." And so it, it's laid out right in front of us. If we put our hope in the Lord, like we're not going to fail. We are not going to be shaken. It's never going to end, and He's going to be with us every single step of the way. And so for me, just reflecting, every time I put my hope in myself or a situation, that changes, that ends, that, you know, it gets uprooted, whatever may be happening, it's not a constant thing. And the Lord is the only thing that's going to be constant. And so it just reminded me of the lyrics today when we sang, same God, you know, like he was healing then and he's healing now. 
he was freeing captives then and he's freeing captives now. Like he's breaking the chains then and he's doing it now. If so if he did it for Mary and Joseph and Moses and David, he's going to do it for us. He's going to make it happen for Lauren. He's going to make it happen for Taylor. He's going to make it happen for Alex. Every single person, guys, he's going to make it happen because it's laid out like he is the one who never fails. And so instead of, you know, putting our hope in ourselves and the situations and outcomes that we want, I just want to encourage you, let's make the daily choice to surrender whatever it is that we're holding on to and just know, okay, I'm putting my hope in the one who is always faithful, the one who always keeps his promises and the one who never, never fails us. Um, so yeah, my hope is that this can be an encouragement to you to just, you know, take whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life and just choose to surrender that to the Lord and know and fully believe that once you put your hope in him, you're not going to be shaken no matter what storm is going on around you or anything that may be happening. So yeah, thank you.